Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. What is up? It is your boy Johnny Mags back at you once again for another edition of the All Angels Podcast. I am joined as always with Dan Garcia. And the season is officially over, so this will be our last weekly podcast as far as me and you getting together and doing this whole week and reviews and right, all that yep. good stuff. Uh, but you know what? The Angels season ended uh, not as we had hoped for it to have ended. You know, we obviously... Fell short of making the playoffs once again for uh, for the fourth straight season, right? Or third straight season? Yes, yeah. 14, 14 was the last time we were in it. So, uh, but yeah, eighty and eighty two was a final record, uh, right about five hundred, where we talked at the beginning of the year. So I guess um, not great, but kind of what we thought. Yeah, I mean, I mean, almost almost a mirror image of the season before, kind of. Um, I felt like the season before though. Uh, the playoff picture was a little more um, open. I think. Yeah, we were, yeah. There wasn't these many. The teams. There's three 100 win teams in the playoffs right yeah. now, and definitely that wasn't the case last year or you know the last couple of years. So, um, Angels seemed like the Angels stayed the same, but everyone else around them uh, just took maybe the next step up. So we'll yeah, see. hopefully you know this offseason will bring the Angels uh, some much needed uh, help uh, pitching wise and health wise. Yeah, yeah, obviously because that can be the key contributor to the Angels maybe missing the postseason this year had they have stayed healthy. You just never know. But that's a what if. We can talk about what ifs all day until, you know, the sun goes down and, and outcome is the Angels just didn't make the playoffs this year. But let's get into it as we always do a weekend review. Or weekend. Or weekend in review because it was the last three games of the season which started on Friday. We recorded on Thursday. They had a day off that day. And they started the last home uh, well, actually, it's just the last series ever yeah. for the 2018 season. <laughs> not ever, ever. And not ever, ever, but the 2018 season. And it started with Oakland. Uh, Berea took them out on Friday. Uh, the Angels won 8-5 to five behind. Well, Berea only pitched four and two-thirds. Uh, no hits, no one runs. Six walks, though. Six walks. Got his pitch count up. That caused yeah. him to get his pitch count way up. Yep. Four Ks. He pitched... Okay, the, his only problem, and, and it'll get better with as the year goes, as his uh, career goes on, he'll get better into going deeper into games. That's a, the one thing that people have a knock on Berea is that he just can't get deep into games. But I think a lot of it, too, has to be that, you know, Mike Sosha and the pitching staff or the um, coaching staff, I think f- at some point say, let's not push this kid. Right, there's no, no point, especially towards the end of the season, to push him more than they have to. Put him out there, get his innings, and we said, you know, pretty much the whole last month of the season, let him get out there and let him pitch. But whenever you feel like he's his pitch count is up or he's in kind of a tricky situation and you're not wanting to overexert himself, there's no reason to keep him out there to do so. You know, just let him 
let him get his work in. Um, no reason to push him and, and risk an injury or anything that can affect the beginning of next season. Yeah, you know, he is a guy who now we look at as a, you know, him being 22 years old, definitely a, a future, part of the future yep. yeah, a member of that Angels rotation. So you don't want to extend his pitch count and his innings pitched just to have him out there. You know, yeah, you throw him out there, have him throw four or five innings and then get him out of there. Um, I think if the Angels were in a different situation where they needed to win oh, these games, so, he'd yeah. be in there. I think it'd be a totally different situation. No yeah. need to do that, you know, especially with the barrage injuries the Angels had this season. There's no reason to have Berea out there that long. But anyway, in this game, Taylor Ward hit a two-run shot in the second. The Angels jumped out early, and then followed by, you know, later in the game, Mike Taw hit a two-run home run, his 39th of the season. Another key note here, Otani had a three-hit game. The Angels won their fourth straight game, kind of just to finish – Finished the season off here, so they started off the uh, the homestand or the series against A's well, winning eight to five. Not yeah. much really to talk about. After yeah, that. I mean it's always good when you go to the ballpark and they win. You know, um, Oakland still at that point I believe had something to play for, um, but because of the loss, the A or the Yankees, you know, captured the home field advantage in the in the wild card game. But it's still it's still nice to get out there and and beat a team that's in your division, whether it's for something legit or just you know just a game. But it's always cool to get out there and, and see them play. Yeah, so the Angels won 8-5. to five. The next game was a Saturday game where Tyler, Tyler Skaggs took the mound. He only went three and a thirds, gave up four hits, three earned, run, three earned runs, two walks, three strikeouts. Chris Davis, man, hit a two-run home run in the first inning, his 48th of the season. Yeah, that dude just mashes. And then that's pretty much it. I mean, it was kind of like a boring game. The, the Angels lost 5-2. to two. Not much to talk about, I mean, really. Uh, the only thing to really talk about the game was the social bobblehead that actually came out from what I saw that I got actually came out pretty well and it was um pretty cool too to see the the montages they had the little video clips they had in between innings um at the game for the first you know five innings or so so that was real cool about it and and you know it kind of had that feeling the writing was on the wall that night the way they were celebrating them and talking about them so um they didn't come out with the win but um there was some stuff outside the game around the stadium that was pretty cool for that yeah, night. Um, I heard I saw some very bad pictures of the bobblehead. You guys got good ones. Yeah, my fiance, uh, she's kind of a um, bobblehead hawk. If you want to, like, we'll walk in. She'll, Me too. She'll bust them open, and hey, this isn't right. She'll walk up to the person. Yeah, this uh, his fingers missing, or hey, you know, this is a big old paint uh, paint blob here. Uh, can we get another one? And they'll be like, okay, sure. So they'll switch it out. And so yeah, we got the first. I think we went through like two. Because we both got one, and then mine was, and I was like, it's all right. No, no, no. Okay, fine. And then she opens hers, like, oh, this one's really bad. So then, so we went through two different ones, but wow. we settled on a, they're, they're pretty good. So yeah, I'm sure there's some people that they just picked it up and walked away and didn't realize it until they got home, then we're probably out of luck. Yeah, big shout out to Bobble, Bobble Sniper. He posted in his uh, Instagram story. He got one. I don't know if he got one because he gets people, people send yeah, him the I think pictures. Send him pictures of it, and yeah. he posted one on his Instagram story of uh, one missing the whole arm. Yeah. So. See, now that's something I would. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure there's plenty out there that are somewhat jacked up, but just you got to be careful when you get to the yeah. stadium. Open it up. Check it check out. Check it out. Yep. So well, there you go. Angels lost four game winning streak. Snap. Heading into the final game of the season on Sunday, the Angels won this game 5-4. to four. Matt Shoemaker took the hill for the last time uh, this season, going three innings, two hits, two in runs, two walks, three strikeouts. Marte hit a two-run home run in the first. And then the A's just had a pair of two-run shots, and the Angels were down 4-2 to two in the bottom of the ninth. That's when they rallied. Uh, Marte scored uh, Otani from first on a mm-hmm. double. And then after that, Taylor Ward hit a 
walk-off two-run shot to give the Angels a 5-4 win. Did you watch this game? And I watched a little bit here and there. Um, uh-huh. It was kind of busy running around. But, um, yeah, I watched a little bit of it. I, I had a lot of updates on the phone, and I saw how um, Sosha was kind of like alternating uh, manager um, people. Like, oh, here, now, Dino, you do it. Oh, now, uh, you know, um, Alfredo, now you're the manager and stuff like that. So that was pretty cool. That was pretty um, – like kind of, like you kind of saw with the Saturday game, you kind of saw the writing on the wall and what was what was coming. But um, a great way to walk off. I did see the walk off, but kind of you know the game beginning of the game. I, I was out running around doing some errands and stuff like that. Right. It was a pretty cool way to end the season. Uh, good, a good uh, way for Mike Social to go out. Um, and also, oh, a big thing for Taylor Ward, a walk off home run. Whether you're in the playoff hunt or not, whether the game really matters or not. That's irrelevant. You're up there trying to win a game. He hits a two-run shot after the Angels were down. And it was cool just to go out that way. It was kind of like a bittersweet ending. We go off as a walk-off, but then the season ends and we're not in October baseball. But, hey, that's what happens. Um, and that's pretty much it. That wraps up the weekend in review. That's the shortest probably review we've had all yeah. year. Like I said, it's not so much a week in review. It's a weekend. Weekend in review. So they went 2-1 and one in the final weekend of the season, which is, you know. Here we go. Finishing the season strong. 80 and 82. Right. One game uh-huh. below 500. Kind of about where we thought. Right. Uh, so what, needless to say, after the last game of the season, Mike Sosha officially announces that he will not return as Angels manager at the ending a 19-year reign as a skipper for the Angels. Probably... I mean, if you look at, you know, managers and, and, and their tenures as managers, maybe you're lucky if you get a five-year run. Well, especially nowadays where it seems yeah. like, you know, managers that might have won or got into the postseason the year before, if they don't come back that same that next year, um, they could be out of it. So um, it, it's kind of it's kind of weird to see it now that wow he's gonna be he's you know he's stepping away he's gonna be gone and now what's gonna happen next year and and um is that even still gonna be cause like is there angels before so just because of where my age is at right you know by the time he was he was coaching with the angels that's kind of when i started really paying really really paying attention to players and stats and all right. that stuff so it's right. like I, did, I don't know anything else, so it's going to be interesting to see how the team looks and how everything goes together. Yeah, um, it's crazy because me, uh, Chris and I were talking. You know, yeah, that guy still exists, by the way, guys. Uh, Chris <laughs> and I were talking. He's alive. Don't worry. Yeah. We saw him last night. We were talking about, you know, Chris goes, man, that's crazy. Because after that game on Sunday, uh, Chris and I had a baseball practice. We, if you guys don't follow the podcast, Chris and I play on a vintage baseball team. And uh, we had practice after the game, and Chris, we were talking about Mike Sosha. I say, hey, did you did you hear about Sosha? And he's like, yeah, man. He's was crazy to think Mike Sosha was a manager of the Angels. My senior, he started as a manager of the Angels my senior year in high school. Chris's senior year in high school. I was like, yeah, he started managing uh, right after I graduated high school. And so, man, I was 18 years old. I'm, you know. 37 now so it's kind of like wow that's pretty and it's, crazy and it's pretty you know a manager with this one team you know he didn't come from another team as far as managing but first managing job was, yeah. was with the angels um so some of the his final numbers uh, he has a 1650 wins 1428 losses a 536 winning percentage um so you know it, it 
he he called a lot. He 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 won a lot of games. He lost a lot of games. But the fact that he was there for that that many years, nineteen years, shows the kind of manager I think he was. He was able to yeah um, produce. You know, maybe not winners as far as what people expected, but consistency throughout his whole tenure. And something the Angels up to their history up to the point where Mike Sosa took over didn't have that. The Angels went to the playoffs three times in you know forty two years that Mike that before Mike Sosa uh, right. Or I don't know if it was 42 years, but 79, 82, 86. Those are the only playoff appearances the Angels ever had. Mike Sosha gets there, 2002 World Champions, and they string off all those uh, Western Division Championships, uh, ALCS appearances. Yeah, 100, um, 101 season in 08. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and then, you know, you had the, the 04, or not 04, the, the 2014 season where they got 98 wins. Um you know, so he had a, he had a history of winning, winning more, like you said before. You know, the previous manager of the Angels before him, but I guess to a certain point, it does get kind of stale. You kind of expect more out of yeah. you know. But um, I, I can't say it enough that um, he is one of those guys that will have, I believe, his number retired as an Angel. Um, you know, if he manages again at a different team, then maybe in a couple of years. If he doesn't, maybe next year. Right. Um, but I can totally see that happening in the future. I could see it for sure. I don't know if he's Hall of Fame caliber. That's I don't on think the border, he, yeah. I don't think he is uh, as far as Major League Baseball Hall of Definitely, Fame. Because yeah. you think about Major League Baseball Hall of Fame managers, you think of guys who won multiple world championships, maybe won championships in both leagues. Right. Uh, stuff like that. Doesn't say that he can't go manage somewhere else and make that happen. Right. But and as of right yeah. now, I don't think he's a Hall of Fame Major League Baseball, Cooperstown Hall of Fame right, manager, but, but definitely Angels, Angels history oh, for oh, sure. Yeah, he's he's going to be. I mean, I don't know how you're not when he's the first and only manager to win a World Series for that team. Right, so. right, bringing uh, Angels success uh, year after year. But after this game, he had an interview that, man, to be honest with you, made me uh, – I got some stuff in my eyes uh, <laughs> when it was happening. I didn't think I'd actually feel that way. Uh, but, you know, when you start to think about – you know, when he started naming off players and he started naming this and that – it kind of struck a chord with me, and I'm very thankful that he that he was here with us and he did the job that he did. So without further ado, this is a press conference that Mike Sosa held after the game on Sunday, his last game as the manager of the Angels. I want to make an announcement that I'm going to step down. I will not be returning to manage uh, the Angels next year. Um, and speaking with uh, Anna and our family, um, there's no doubt it's the right move for me. And I think it's, I think it's um, the right move for the organization. So I've had an incredible 19 years, and I can't tell you, um, you know, what they mean to us as angels. Um, I think anybody that... I'm really happy, guys. I'm sorry, you know, this happened. But um, anybody that came into our organization, I think, knows... Um, that they were going to have every tool available to them to get better. And I'm really proud of, um, you know, the guys, Fredo, uh, Dino, these guys have been with us a long time. Um, you know, they were awesome. This game's about the players. It's not about a manager. It's not about a GM, an owner. Sure, there's a lot of things that are important. They're not about the coaches. This game's about the players, and it always will be. And, um, you know, for 19 years, we've had guys that just put it all on the line. Whether we were going good or going bad. 
And that's what I'm going to take away. That was so inspiring to me on a personal level to see these guys just go out there and just play the way you should play the game. I'll take away the grit of Darren Erstad, the athleticism of Garrett Anderson, the presence of Tim Salmon, the heart and soul of Benjamin Molina, Eckstein, and Kennedy. The competitiveness of Jared Washburn, Jared Weaver, who was the ultimate competitor, and John Lackey. These guys were tremendous, just tremendous on the mound. The fearlessness of Sean Figgins and Eric Ibar, the talent of Howie Kendrick. These guys are special. These guys are special. The phenomenon of Tory Hunter. That's the only way I can explain it. It's a phenomenon. You had to be around Tory. So much fun to watch him play, but you had to see him everywhere else. He was incredible. And you move forward now to so many guys, um, you know, now that we have that are so important to us. You know, the talent of Justin Upton and Andrelton Simmons, uh, the hard-nosed play of Cole Calhoun. And now you look at you look at guys like Mike uh, Trout, um, you know, Albert Pujols, and Vlad Guerrero, who will be Hall of Famers with an angel cap on. Can't tell you how much of a privilege it was, you know, to be around them. So that was the interview that Mike Sosha had. Um, man, once he started naming off those players and you start remembering the times and the, the memories of the Angels winning, that's when it kind of struck a chord with me. And then just to hear him kind of like really, because you don't see Sosha either be really uh, over ecstatic. He's kind of even keel, right, short to the And point. I think that might have hurt his, his perception to fans at certain points where it's like, man, it just doesn't look like he cares or, oh, he just, you know, but he's not that type of person that's going to be overly fiery about a call. Like, yeah, you'll see him be upset every once in a while, but he's not going to lose his lose his cool over every little missed strike or miss, miss ball or anything like that. And I think some people thought that was maybe a lack of passion or a lack of um, enthusiasm on his part. But I think, honestly, that's just the way he's built, it's yeah. the way he is. Um, you know, you go, you play enough sports, regardless of what sport it is. Um, you'll see coaches slash managers that are like that all over the place, where they don't get super fired up. They they kind of set the tone where, hey, you're not going to overreact to anything. You're going to keep a level head and be calm and cool in the situation. I think that was his whole thing. And yeah, like you said, to see him get emotional, uh, mentioning those players, and just the fact that he said he's stepping down um, was really really different than what you're used to. Yeah, so it was a great way for him to go out with the win and stuff like that. But the 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 speech he just heard which was condensed obviously uh was a was a good way for him to kind of talk to the fans he thanked the fans he thanked the players i loved how he said it's not always about the manager because he's right it's about the players who play the yep. game yeah and i think the emphasis on managers can be a little yeah they're important i get it they are but at the same time it's down to the players that play the game that's who people go and watch so uh but you know i don't want to take anything away from our social i i want to you know i, I don't know he's not going to hear this but just for you fans out there that listen to our podcast, just understand that although we didn't win, um, we're watching the playoffs as we record them. Our team, Maldonado, just went deep. Um, huh, speak of the devil. Yeah. Uh, but no, you you, you just you can't take away from what he did. Um, it didn't go well for us here in these last few years. Uh, but, man, you can't take away what he did and what he brought to this organization. You know, he brought a sense of uh, winning ways. That we didn't have before. So big up to Mike. So, so we're going to get into some email questions. 
because they pertain to the Mike social topic and yes. we'll you know there's a lot to talk about there so let's read the first one and I'll read both of them uh, but the first one comes from Duncan Healy he says how goes it guys it's a funny story he said, how goes it, guys? Well, if you can't believe this, I was off the grid for a few days, as if living in Dead Horse, Alaska, was not off the grid enough. Well, believe we believe either a moose or a bison has knocked down had knocked down one of our lines, so no internet for a few days. Only way we could possibly use phones is by using a landline payphone at the corner corner general store. I swear I can't make those. Yeah, I swear I can't make this up. He said, so here's his question. Anyhow. So I'm just now seeing that my social has uh, made it official. I, um, as I look at who we can possibly get to replace him, uh, I don't mind the options. I also agree with Johnny. Wait till the postseason and see what may happen. Maybe somebody gets relieved of their duties. You never know. So I'll jump right into Mike Vigil's email, which is pretty much the same. He said, obviously, the biggest news of the so far is Stosha stepping away. Seriously, who do we look at as legit replacements? Osmus, Chavez, and Madden possibly? If he is fired as a Cubs manager, who would you guys like to see? So to answer answer the question in a nutshell, I mean, um, I mean, Eric Chavez, Brad Osmus, I think are more of a legit kind of front runners right now. I know I had mentioned the last podcast, like uh, Duncan had mentioned in his email. I had mentioned let's just wait till the postseason's over. You never know what can happen. Maybe somebody gets fired. People were talking right after the Cubs lost their uh, wild card game about how maybe Joe Madden needs to step away. But I think the Cubs they made it official that he's coming back for 2019. Kind of, yeah, they picked up his option, he, but he hasn't signed an extension, so he's definitely coming back for 19. So, in theory, that kind of takes him out of the running for the Angels because if you're going to hire a, man, a new manager this year, you're not going to fire him next year just because Joe Madden comes available if he comes available. So, right, um, you know that he is coming back. There's a lot of people that said that he wasn't and and this and that, but again. Um, I kind of look at it like they're the Cubs. They won a World Series not too long ago. What did you guys do before that? Right. Why are you going to give – you know, they had their own little health issues towards the end of the year that they weren't able to overcome. So um, I think he's pretty safe there. And then if they have, a you know, another playoff type of season and make a run, he'll be there more long term. So Yeah, I mean, as far as, like, who I want to see as the Angels manager, I mean, I honestly don't mind seeing Eric Chavez – I think at, at some point you you have to give a guy a chance, right? And I think when you look at first time managers, look at Alex Cora right now. Yep. Look at uh, what Tori Lavello did in in Arizona last year, and even this year they just fell short. But great team, he turned that team around. Um, Aaron Boone in New York. Uh, you at some point these guys have to become managers, and why not give them a chance? The Angels, I think, would benefit from a, a young. Uh, inexperienced guy to kind of go through growing pain, growing pains. I think it's funny when I look at because you know us being Halo Haven and we're always constantly on looking at comments and stuff on the fan pages where you can follow us on Facebook at Halo Haven or on Twitter and uh, Instagram Halo underscore Haven. You see that <laughs> a lot of fans want to see these guys, these old like guys. Garrett Anderson. There was people that were talking. Oh, really? Garrett Anderson, like, come on, really? Uh, there was somebody who was talking about Buck Showalter and Paul Molitor. I don't see those guys being no. legit replacements it's, for Mike Sosha. It, it's it's a whole different world now managing, and I think we talked a little about about a little bit about it last week. There's a whole different world now managing than it was maybe 15, 10, 15 years ago, where. The the um, strategy part of it isn't as important as maybe just getting the right players and getting them to play for you. Like, um, 
a lot of these old school managers are being released right now. It's not because they autom- all of a sudden forgot how to manage a baseball game or forgot how to strategize these baseball games. It's like at a certain point, they get older. The players, for the most part, stay the same age. Yeah, and as and you kind of start getting those disconnects where it's harder for a manager that's really old to to you know have, be on the same level as these players and get these players to, to work hard and play hard for them. So when you talk about an Eric Chavez type or um, a younger manager in general, it doesn't necessarily have to be like a first timer, but um, just a younger manager in general, I think that's the way to go. Just because these guys will be able to relate to. Um, these younger players that are coming up because now you have a bunch of 19, 20, 21 year olds that, you know, you would have to wait, you know, until you're 23, 24 mm-hmm. to make it to the league. And now, you know, you have like a Soto type that's 19 years old and, and is, and is already making a name for him, making a name for himself out in Washington. You have these other, um, Acuna jr. And mm-hmm. Atlanta, in Atlanta. That, that's making a name for himself. And he's only like 20 years old. So, yeah. um, definitely I think the way to go. And I think the way that MLB in general is going, it's definitely to the young manager type to not so much, x and o's but to relate to the players and have them want to play for someone like you yeah the game's changed so much that you know having a guy who you know bunts people over and yeah that's and gone it's, I mean, it's that doesn't, that's, doesn't that's, happen and it's not even like just the angel thing it, it's because i saw that during the season well, why everywhere does he, why is any sacrifice why does he do this because steel base because no one does it it's just now for everything good analytics does for the game there's some you know blowback and part of the analytic f- phrase is that so people say it's not worth giving up that out just to move over that guy yeah. because you still have to get a hit right. the next guy up. Right. So th- theoretically, if you're thinking about, okay, am I going to take this guy's uh, bat out of his hands that he could get a hit and maybe he goes to third and then you can do something that way. But right. it's just the way the analytics is, a lot of those small ball things where everyone thought it was the best way to play isn't necessarily the um, best way of doing yeah, it. Yeah, it's not conducive to scoring runs as much. If you think about it, the way the pitchers pitch now with the high strikeouts, the way the strikeouts have been just – crazy you're gonna get a guy on first then get an out move him over hope banking that the next guy maybe can get a hit yeah but likely he's gonna strike out so you know the way the game's yeah, changed it's, it's, it's a it's, it's a, just not it's a what, it, what they call it a threesome game it's either a strikeout walk or, or a home, home run. run so there's not a lot of no. in between uh small ball in between there so um i think and kind of looking at the Angels this season, their offensive stats and where they finished, I think that kind of sums it up because they were fifth in the AL in home runs, but eleventh um, in the AL in average. So that kind yeah. of shows where you know where that is is like either they're hitting home runs and, and getting in that way, or they're just not getting on base at all. Yeah, it's it's so to have a guy like a Molitor, Showalter, Sosha managing your team, it you know I hate to say that you know it's a thing of the past, but. I mean, you know, I think teams are starting to look in a different direction, and and I think I think the Angels, you know, the likely candidates are I think like a Eric Chavez, even a Brad Brad Osmus, who's you know been in the manager for about three four years, who, who had some success in Detroit. But um, again, it comes back. You hear stories about him not being able to relate to players, right? Like so, that, so you never know what they're what they're going to do. It's just a matter of let's see what happens. You know, you, you can't really, I I can't really say this is who I want, this is who I think, because I don't know yet who they're really looking for. But, I mean, you know, all point, all fingers kind of point to Eric Chavez, it looks like. But, again, yeah, it's just speculation. And just so you people – I don't know if people know it, but when Epler got hired as GM, Chavez was the first um, front office hire he'd had to be, like, the special assistant to him. So, again, he's been there a while. He's just not someone that's been there, you know, in the past, whatever, three months. He's He's been there for quite a while. 
Yeah. So that, I mean, that's all really we can talk about with the whole social stuff. I mean, we can keep going on and on. It's going to be a, probably what we're going to talk about a lot heading into the hot stove season and the, the off season and whatever. So, um, but you know, if any news comes up, we will, we will bring it to you either on our Instagram or definitely on our Twitter. Yes. Um, and then obviously on our, our monthly podcasts going forward. So that's going to wrap this segment up. We're going to take a quick commercial break so we can hear from our sponsors and our, on the other side of the break, We'll head into our poll question and then our annual APA awards, and then we'll finish with our last couple of e- emails. So uh, hang tight and uh, listen to these commercial breaks. Hey, hey, what's up? Johnny Catfish here, ambassador for Groom Goon Beard and Body Care. Are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? Do yourself a favor and do what I did check out www.groomgoon.com. Groom Goon carries a variety of beard oils and beard and body soaps that will leave your beard feeling soft and smelling great all day long. Don't just take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. Again, that's www.groomgoon.com. And at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON, all one word, CATFISHTHEGOON, and receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose Groom Goon? Well... Because your beard deserves it. This is Hook Vicious. Listen to my show, The Punk Corner, on KJ Epic Radio, every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. And we are back. Uh, quick shout out to our sponsors, www.groomgoon.com, www.epicradiotv.com, and of course, The Alley Cat SoCal on Instagram. That's The Alley Cat SoCal on Instagram. Let's get into our next segment of the show as we do every week. Uh, Daniel, poll question, man. Take it over. Yeah, so people that don't know or maybe just be are just le- uh, learning about the podcast for maybe the first time, every week we have a podcast scheduled we will have a also a poll question on our twitter account at halo underscore haven and um i'll post it the monday before monday morning monday afternoon and then we'll it'll run until the pod is um recording so this weekend or this week's pod uh question poll question was simple because of everything that's going on with the angels off season um what is the storyline that you're most interested in and the options were who becomes the angels new manager um, who do they sign for free agency? Does Trout resign? And the last one was, what do they do with Albert? So the winner of this week's poll question was, if they're able to resign Trout with 38%. Second place was, uh, who's the new manager with 28%. And then who they sign free agency is 23. And then 11% was, uh, what they do with Albert. So where did you vote in this situation? You know, it's funny. Uh, you, like we talk about posting on the Halo Haven Instagram page, you can post the coolest picture that you took of some angel memorabilia, or you could take the coolest angel picture of Angel Stadium. But you post a picture of Mike Trout maybe taking a dump or something, and the Mike Trout hit, twenty thousand likes. Yeah, twenty thousand likes as opposed to fifteen. Uh, no, um, it's just funny to me. Um, I don't think the Trout thing is that important uh, yet, especially no. since he's under contract for. The next two years, years still. Yeah. Um, it's not – you don't have to sign him yet. No. Um, 
it's just funny to me that people you hear trout and people just want to be all over the whole trout situation to me the more more important thing i don't even think as a manager just yet <laughs> when you think about it and it is pretty important i want to know what's going to happen with albert pujols that's where i voted too because i think he 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 he, he it changes what the angels are going to do this right offseason. and they're going to, he's going to change what they look like going into the season next year not only uh, money wise, but also lineup wise and defensively because of the mm-hmm. the lack of production um, the last couple of years offensively and in the this decline his of his defensive um, ability also. So I voted also for Albert because I think there's a lot of stuff that's tied up into what they do. Um, you know, if they want to offer Trout that five hundred million dollar contract, that's great. But if you can get that eighty something million from Albert out of the way that's going to make it even easier for them to offer that kind of contract up. So um, I think that's a big deal. I think that's probably one of the biggest deals that I, that they can do this off season is what are they going to do with Albert? They're going to let him, you know, rehab like he has been and then start the season and then just kind of wait for him to get hurt again. And then, then put an actual lineup out there or are they going to say, Hey dude, you know, thank you, but no thank you. And then here's your money and, and we need to move on. So I think that's going to be a real interesting um, situation um, coming up into the future. I, I, it has to be because you got to remember, Shohei Otani got the Tommy John surgery was successful. By the way, yeah, he's gonna be the full time DH. Right, Pujols. You're either gonna play Pujols 140 games at first base, or I, I don't know what you do with him. Yeah. You're not gonna take the bat away from Shohei Otani. You can't. You can't afford to. And that's what I'm saying, though. With the yeah. Albert stuff, it's gonna it's gonna open so much more stuff. If he's not there, then yeah, now you're able to put Otani full time DH, and now you can um, mix and match with your first baseman. If they don't sign a first baseman, you can mix and match with a uh, with a uh, Marte or or, or uh, Fernandez type, and and play the hot hand there. Because either way, I think a combination of the two will definitely give you more output than a a, a an aging Albert Pujols will at this point. Yeah, and we'll talk about when we get to the email questions because we have some questions regarding free agency. Uh, we'll talk about who the Angels, the possibility of the free agents out there that the Angels can sign. And when you look at first base, it's slim to none. So right. uh, they're going to have to figure out what they're going to want to do. We have a guy like Dice who, you know, it's kind of like in the – you never know. Right, he's still a prospect. And he's a and- cheap, he's a cheap um, uh, way to route to go. Right. Because obviously he's locked up under team control for however many years, but we'll see. Well, we'll get into that so shortly. So, yeah, I, to me, Albert Pujols. Yeah, I did too. And, and I mean, I understand, like you said, the trout thing is automatically going to be the biggest um, yeah. eye catcher of it. But, yeah, I, I think it's unrealistic. I know there's a bunch of those that talk out that he that they're going to try to re-sign him, which is great. I mean, if, like I said before um, a couple of weeks ago when I did the pod by myself, it was like if he re-signs, if he foregoes his – free agency just to resign with the market, then build him a statue in front of Angel Stadium now because he'll be doing the Angels such a big favor if he did that, um, if he didn't even bother going to free agency. So I find it very unlikely that he gets signed, you know, this offseason or even into next season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the manager thing, again, it, it will be interesting to see. But, again, the managing thing, I think, is Albert is going to have something to do with it. Are you going to put this brand-new manager in a situation where here's an aging superstar not producing to what you need and maybe you're losing games because of it. Now, are you going to be able to be the guy that has no credibility at all because this is your first season? Are you going to be able to guy be the guy that benches Albert Pujols and says, you know what, you're not playing, but 12 games, you know, a month kind That's of deal? That's a lot of already a lot to ask for somebody who's brand new, especially if the Angels go the route of a guy who's not experienced enough to deal with something like that. Yeah. So it sucks, man. It's, it's just something that they're going to have to deal with. I think the manager thing's going to work itself out. Obviously, someone has to become the manager. 
And I just don't think it's that crucial of a thing to, to where we have to worry so much about it. I think the Angels, they make the decision when it comes to it. You know, Eric Chavez is a guy. Let's go. Eric Chavez, see what Eric Chavez can do. If it's Brad Osmus, let's see what Brad Osmus can do. Um, Justin Football 08 said, get Girardi to be the manager. I just, nah, man, I'm going to have to strongly disagree with you on that one. I think Girardi. Um, it's too, like, like we said, too much of an old school at the time. Like, uh, yeah, like and I think with Girardi, man, I just think that he's got this kind of reputation. I feel like he clashes uh, a lot with the players. Um, I, not that I'm inside the, but, you know, just from what I've read, I, I just don't feel like Girardi is a fit with the Angels. I mean, look, look. There was a, there was a reason why he got let go at the end of the last season. It wasn't because they were doing bad. I mean, they they almost made it to the world. They were yeah, really yeah. Close they were in the they were in the playoffs. They were in the ALCS. They were, yeah, they were really close to making the playoffs. It wasn't because of the wins and losses. That's for sure. No, it's he's, something, he's a good manager. He's, he's again, it, it's a lot of it's not about X's and O's. A lot no. of it's about how you relate to your players and how you're able to get and, them to play for you. And you got to remember, Justin. Uh, my we're talking about it right now. Mike Trossa free agent in two years. Yep. Uh, do you want to piss him off by bringing a guy he who might he might not gel with? Right. I mean, that could be anybody. Yeah, I get it. But the reputation of Girardi is he's a kind of guy who's had a problem in the past with his players. So I don't know. I just don't feel like Girardi's a guy they 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 should go after. I yeah, think they. I, I think it's and plus that's going to lock up some money too. If you get a guy like Girardi, he's it's not going to be cheap. Not not that you're giving away a lot of money, but that takes away from. What they're able to do uh, to pick up guys here and there. So I, I don't. I'll strongly disagree with you, respectfully there, Justin, about Joe Girardi. Uh, so let's move on, man. Uh, as we talked about um, in our last podcast, and we've done it the last two. This is going to be the second annual APA Awards, the All Angels Podcast Awards. We wanted to. Yes, thank you. Uh, we wanted to uh, pick it team MVP. A the team pitcher, or, you know, the best pitcher on the team, uh, the rookie, the rookie of our team, and the newcomer. So the newcomer yes. could be a rookie or someone that just came from just re- another this organization. Came, yeah, just they signed in the offseason yeah. as a free agent so, or a trade or anything like that. So new to the team. So yes. whatever. So I kind of use that as a loop, kind of like a little. I use that loophole. Yeah, for so mine. did I. But, I think uh, I know what you're talking about. But let's let's jump into it. Do you want to start off with the bottom of the list first and then work our MVP last? Or did you yeah, want to go? Yeah, we do that. So you want to go newcomer. newcomer first. Okay. And this is kind of one of those loophole things yeah, we're I talking did a about. Yeah, um, Newcomer of the year, I had Shohei Otani. Okay. I think we okay. flipped. Okay. I think I know what you're talking about then. Yeah. Maybe. So Shohei Otani, again, I mean, obviously, um, 22 home runs, 61 RBIs. Uh, four and two pitching with a three one uh, three point three one ERA. Um, once he got healthy after the little arm issue, um, I mean he was on a roll towards the end of the season. There was absolutely probably one of the you know besides Trout the best hitter in that lineup towards the last two months of the season. Um, not to mention the dominant stuff he showed pitching. Obviously that's going to take a backseat next year because of the Tommy John surgery. But yeah, um, yeah he he's by way and uh, the best guy new on the team. So. Um, you know, you could look at other guys, and 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 when we get to our rookie, um, a category, I'm sure we'll see some other names in there too. Yeah, uh, I went for newcomer. I went with Jaime Berea. Okay, yeah, that we just switched then. He was 10 and nine this year with a 3.41 ERA. What's impressive to me, he was 21 when he started the season, turned 22 during the middle right. of the season. He pitched 129 innings this year. That's ranked right up there, almost I think almost in the league team lead. With innings pitch this season. Yeah, he was second behind Haney. Struck out 98 
Um, ten and nine led the team in, in wins this season. Yeah, with ten wins, yeah, the only double uh, digit winner in this on the team. So. And um, I didn't want to give him rookie of the year because of obviously you'll find out who my rookie of the year is. But oh, I wonder. Yeah. Uh, but man, ten and nine with a three point four win ERA, pretty impressive. Again, the knock has been him not getting deep into games. But you know what? Twenty one years old, just turned twenty two. No need for him to 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 push him. If you don't need to, um, like I said, if the Angels weren't in situations where they needed to win games, I'm sure Berea would have been out there longer. Right. You had him. You have him ready for next season, where he'll be a valuable asset to the starting rotation. Right, and he should be able to compete for that. You know, three, three, four, maybe in the second spot if they don't sign a big time free agent or do a trade. But yeah, he's definitely a guy that um, worked his way into getting that that opportunity in spring training to compete for one of those starting starting uh, rotation spots heading into uh, 2019. For sure. To answer real quick, S Flood on uh, Instagram Live, we talked about it probably like five minutes ago, man. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so let's head into the rookie, rookie of the year. So, yeah, I think we flip-flops because okay. my rookie of the year is going to be Jaime Barea. Okay. It's the same thing he said, 22 years old, only only 10-game winner of the Angels this year. He pitched in 26 games. 3.41. Everything that you said, you know. Yeah. It, it, it made – kind of like what you said, like the loophole. Like, okay, oh, well, I want to put him in yeah, there yeah, so yeah. where we're going to fit it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, my, my rookie of the year, I guess it could be interchangeable, is uh, is Jaime Barea. Mine, Shohei Otani. Yeah, oh, uh, wow. Yeah, there it is. I mean, wh- come on. I mean, three uh, – three, uh, he played in 104 games, had 326 at-bats. 22 home runs, 61 RBIs. He had 10 stolen bases. The only reason he didn't have more because when he was pitching, they didn't want him running as much. They right. told him to kick back. Yeah. Um, but great speed. Yeah. Great speed. You saw that every time he was yes. he hit it short or hit something on the infield and him, you know, trying to leg it out or uh, yeah, it was base uh, infield hit, hit, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 285 batting average. Uh, and then pitching, 4-2 and two with a 3.31 ERA. Um he pitched in 10 games, 51 and two-thirds innings pitched. In 51 two-thirds innings, he struck out 63. Right. It's more than a strikeout per inning. So it shows you how much of a great player he is. So rookie of the year for me is Shohei Otani. Yeah. And by the way, he was elected uh, Baseball America's rookie of the year. Right. So, so. hopefully he'll be baseball writers uh, rookie of the year. But that doesn't come out for another uh, month or so. so. Yeah. So – Let's go into it. Uh, pitcher of the year for the Angels. I guess this guy I picked um, had a tough couple of years. Had a tough season a couple of years ago, and a lot of people were ready to, ready to write him off and and ship him down the road. And he's been able to bounce back. He had a pretty good game, good season last year, and then this season I think he took the next step forward and uh, had a really good beginning of the season. But that's uh, Jose Alvarez, um, reliever. Awesome. Uh, 76, 76 games pitched this season, which is the most by any pitcher. So he's your their most reliable guy out there. He's always out there available to pitch. Um, two point seven one ERA. Opponent's batting average was a two point or one or blah, was a point two one seven average. So um, you know, I think he kind of goes unnoticed because he doesn't get the saves. He doesn't start games. Um, you seem to only realize he's out there when something happens and he gives up a run or two. But for the most part, he's done a wonderful job um, coming in and doing what he's supposed to do and just hold it where it's at, not doing anything crazy. But um, that was my uh, pitcher of the year. Okay, you went a complete different way that I did. I went with the starter. And I know – no, I'm just kidding. I went with Cam Bedrosian. He uh, – no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I went with the starter, and it was hard for me to pick because if you look at their records and you're like, man, that's not very good. Uh, but, you know – 
I'm gonna go, and I have both of them written down here. So now, now you now it's the pick. point where you have to actually pick it. I'll go with Andrew Heaney. Um, he went nine and ten with a with 180 innings pitch, which is the most he's ever pitched in his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, 4.15 ERA, 180 strikeouts. Now we got to think about Andrew Heaney. Tough luck on the road. I'm going to say, we talk about home Heaney or away Heaney? Yeah. Home Heaney was the Cy Young. Yeah. Uh, and that's why in I... The, in the conversation. That's why I picked him because he had games at home where unhittable. I mean, when he he's on, he's on. Um, again, 180 innings pitch. That's the most by anybody in the Angels rotation this year. Uh, again, I think Berea was second. Right. Uh, so I'm going with Heaney. And, I'm, and I, I have to mention Skaggs' stats here real quick. Not very far off of Heaney. He went 8-10, 125 innings pitched, 4.02 ERA, 129 strikeouts. But I think, for me, I picked Heaney just because I think the promise is there. I think he could be a solid number 2-3 guy in the rotation. I think this year he pitched some games where, you know, uh, where he did show up. Oh, well, yeah. Was, I think all the pitchers had games yeah, where they Yeah, so showed. did Skaggs, too. Right. So I'm not saying all the pitchers did. No. My whole thing why I picked Alvarez because when I looked at the numbers, it seemed like he was the most consistent Always available. I mean, you had Skaggs that was injured for a while that missed. Heaney, everybody. Everyone, but it seemed like when it came down to who's <clears> available and who's always going to be out there and available, it seemed like Alvarez. And he did a really good job, too, with um, the opportunities that were given to him. So yeah. that's why I kind of picked him up. That was looking a great at, pick. You blindsided me with that yeah, one. I didn't even that's think why about I was that. looking at Heaney. Yeah. I was looking at Skaggs. But when it came down to reliability and, yeah, yeah. and a season where that was so hard to find, yeah. uh, I, you know, I wanted to shine some light on a guy that was very reliable for the Angels and who's this season. super underrated and yeah. gets overlooked at. Yeah. And people are, for whatever reason, people hate him. And right. I've always like, liked him. So um, good choice there. All right. MVP. I mean, it's pretty obvious, but right. I didn't pick him. Yeah, I guess you could say Trout, but then who else would? I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it's that, that's an easy one. So yeah, I can see. Okay, so I, I obviously we both would have said Trout. Yes, MVP. So where was your MVP not named Trout? <laughs> My MVP not named Trout is Andrelton Simmons. That was mine. Yep. Um, 146 games played, 11 home runs, 75 RBIs. A, two, a 292 batting average, which you guys, his home run numbers were down by like right. three, mm-hmm. but his RBIs were up by like 10 this year. Right. He got put in situations where he had to get base hits, and he got it, and he was able to get guys in. And and not to mention what he does defensively. He wins games for you defensively as well. It's not right. just yeah. his bat. Yeah. Defensively, he's always going to be there. He'll probably be in the Golden Glove finalist again when that list comes out, I believe, at the end of the month. Um, but, um, yeah, I, he was my MV, team MVP, not named Trout. Yeah, I mean it. Sasha Otani. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, you could also <laughs> say Otani, but I think I don't think he played enough games. Right. When you look at Otani and Simmons, hundred Simmons was there for 146 games. Right. The cool thing about Simmons too that we can't overlook, and a lot of people do. You could, he could lead off if you want. You could put right. him anywhere. He put, he put in a, that lineup. He could put in a lot of different spots, especially anywhere, and especially if he does what he what he said he wants to do is gain maybe you know 20 pounds of muscle and help and to help his power numbers. Right. So, if he's able to do that and, and consistently put his batting average where it was this year, yeah, you can, yeah, like you said, you can put him anywhere in that lineup you want. Whether it's whether it's the the leadoff, the four hole, you know, if you want to put him at the seven or eight to kind of flip that lineup over, you could do whatever you want, and, he, and he'll be able to produce. Uh, so, Andleton Simmons is man. He it this season proved that last year was not a fluke, right? I, and I that to completely. me was super more impressive than what he did last year, right? You know, considering you know people were ready for him not to be that guy again this year. So, uh, Andleton Simmons for sure, man. Yeah, so the, he was my also my MVP, not named Trout or Otani. 
Awesome. Well, heck yeah, man. That's awesome that we were able to uh, kind of that. will conclude our second annual APA Awards. Cool. Well, let's get into our next segment, which is the email questions. We only got two more since we read the last two. Uh, This first email comes to us from Daniel Ortega. So far, reports are... uh, Reports are... Aside from a new manager. Okay. So far, reports are, aside from a new manager, the Angels are looking to bolster the pitching. Who are some legit guys the Angels can sign or possibly trade for that could have a decent impact? I know you guys talked about the possibility of trading, of a trade involving some prospects, but who is a guy the Angels could uh, have available as free agency? So we both have a list in front of us here of the possible free agents that the Angels could sign on the pitching side of things. Right. Now, when we talk about pitching, I don't think it's just starting pitching. I think the Angels are... Kind of looking to all aspects of the pitching staff, you know, even if they can pick up a guy here and there for the bullpen. Although I think their bullpen for the future is going to look good with guys like, you know, Anderson and, and Buttery and, and you know, Keenan coming back next year. Uh, but starting pitching-wise, I mean, we, we, we both agree. You look at it. There's not a lot there. There's not guys there that you can sign for a long-term deal. The only guy who you could possibly look at is Patrick Corbin, who's 29 years old. He's probably the best starting pitcher available that yeah. you can get to a multi-year contract right and, and but with the only thing with Patrick Corbin is that it seemed like he is leaning hard towards New York Yankees because he I believe he grew up in the area right. grew up a Yankee fan and for him to play for the you know pretty much his home team I think would be a big what people are saying would be a big plus for him so um you know you're also you're always gonna have to compete with the Angels with these other um big market teams like the Sox and the Yankees and the Cubs and mm-hmm. these guys um so hopefully you know they don't overspend for any kind of pitcher, but then again, um, you look at last year's free agency market. Whether it's uh, Tyler Chatwood with the Cubs, you Darvish with the Cubs, um, Jake Arrieta. I mean, there's a bunch of guys that signed last year that I remember Angel fans were like, "We need to get, we need to get," and you know, none of them really panned yeah. out. None of them. I mean, you have Jake Arrieta was probably the top name in the free agent market last year for pitchers. Signed a three year deal, seventy five million dollars, and he he threw just under a four ERA. So. Um, again, you kind of have to be wary of who you signed and what kind of money you want to put up towards, you know, um, towards a pitcher, especially because, and you got people like you Darvish, six years, $126 million for the Cubs. And I think he pitched like two games this year for the Cubs and was injured the whole rest of the year. So, um, you definitely got to watch out for these big time free agency. I know it's sexy. I know everyone loves the big name coming over, but, um, kind of like what we were talking before the game or before the um, podcast was um, some of these guys that you have here, you know, even if it's a, if it's the Dallas Keiko type, um, you know, he's 31, maybe you can get him for a three year deal, four year deal. But you got also the Astros are in the playoffs. Now the Astros were in the playoffs last year. The Astros were in the playoffs the year before that. At a certain point, those extra games in the postseason are going to add up on a pitcher's arm. So it might come across as, oh, he only pitched, you know, 30-something games in the season. Well, he also pitched another 10 in the off se- in the postseason. So that can also lead to, you know, um, an investment gone wrong, I guess, if you want to say, for uh, a pitching um, free agency. Free agent. Uh, to me, I look at – I look I'm looking at this list, and, again, there's not a guy that I would want the Angels to sign to a five-, six-year deal. It's not. They're all old. <laughs> um, old. But I'm looking at guys here – where I say, okay, I could see the Angels signing this guy for a one-year deal, two-year deal at, you know, three, four, five, six, seven, eight million dollars per year. So I'm looking at the list right now and I can and I'm looking at maybe you do go out and you sign maybe a Trevor Cahill for a year or two. For a year. 
maybe a Gio Gonzalez who's 33 years old who still has at least a season in him. Right. There's a guy here who I've mentioned before, Jaime Garcia, uh, Marco Estrada. These are guys who have had success that you can probably get on a decent cheap Mm -hmm. for a year or two um, because the Angels went away from this list last year. They didn't go out and get these guys. Right. There's a lot of guys on this list who were available to – for the Angels sign last year, and they just didn't go out and get them, and it kind of backfired on them because look of all the injuries that they had. Had they right. had a guy like, even though he didn't have the greatest years, Lance Lynn, if you'd have had him in the rotation all year, you just never know. Um, you can never have too much pitching. So, as far as the Angels adding starting pitching uh, on free agency, I don't see them going out and getting a guy for a two, three, four, or a three, four year do- four year deal. Um, I see them maybe possibly going out there and signing these guys to a one year deal. Right, um, uh, veteran guys who have who can get you innings. I think they're going to go the route of possibly trading some prospects for a guy. Yeah, they're go out and get a starting quote unquote ace. I think right. they'll trade away some prospects and they'll go out and get a. Um, who did we talk about last year? Uh, Degrom type guy. Degrom guy. Where yeah. you're going to have to trade away top prospects for. Yeah, and the Angels have it. Luckily, the Angels have about eight, uh, six to eight top prospects out there that are. Pieces of candy that teams would probably <laughs> want to go out and get. So, um, free agency wise, I just don't see the Angels making a big noise pitching wise, as far as like a big name. Right, and, and then two, there's always people in the trademark you can get. And one of the names that I said maybe like a month ago when we kind of started this cold conversation was a Sunny Gray type, where it doesn't look it's like another he, guy. He's, yeah, he's. It looks like he's not going to make the Yankees postseason roster. I didn't see if he was on the roster. Um, for the wild card, I don't think he was for the wild card game. So I guess today we'll see if he's on the the postseason roster. But um, a guy that struggled really badly with New York, but um, for whatever reason, he has a great time away out of the so out of New York. So maybe it's, it's just you know not a New York type of person. Yeah. But if you get him cheap, and again, if for Angel fans that remember him how he was with the A's, yeah. he was always a great pitcher with the A's. Maybe not that top number one that a lot of people are looking for, but if you can get a solid number two um, and maybe have one of these younger guys develop into a number one, because yeah. uh, realistically, I think that's their best bet is to kind of um, bet on themselves at this point and, and maybe disperse some of that money on other positions right. than try to sink it all in the starting, starting uh, pitcher position. So um, I like a, uh, like a trade like that where it's yeah. cheap. You're not going to have to give up a whole lot. There's going to be right. giving them away. Right. Um, you know, and then, yeah, you can always go after, um, I, bum Gardner might be available to trade. Yeah. I doubt, you know, I, I doubt they'll do that in San Francisco, but there's talks now cause they're rebuilding and, you know they might want to give up either a a Posey or a or a Bumgarner give up one or the other and it might be Bumgarner but um, that's again that's a big maybe um, so I I think they're going the more realistic realistic way they address that is through um, trades more so than the free yeah. agency market yeah just looking at the list all right next email comes from Rob Lassings he says with everything wrapped up we can now really look into the possibilities I know the Angels priority will be pitching but there are some questions regarding second. And I'm assuming he's meant third, third and second, depending on where they put Cozart. Is Donaldson an option, or is that taking too much of a gamble? Who else is a possible fit in other positions who are not guys in our system right now? Uh, Josh Donaldson is a huge risk. Yeah, because I don't think he's going to sign for five million dollars. Yeah, and he's, he's going to want ten plus million for per year. Uh, do you want to spend ten million on a guy? Right. To play one position, uh, and someone that's been as, as 
as really injury prone as he has. Yeah. So, um, not exactly. I mean, if you're if you're with the Angels and you are trying to find guys that are going to be able to play and and contribute to the season to the uh, team for the full season, he's not exactly the guy you would want because uh, the last couple of years he hasn't proven that he can. So um, Donaldson, I think, is probably a a um, I'll pass. Well, here's the thing. If you go out, you want to go out and get a third baseman, that means Kozart's going to be on second base. Right. So you look at third baseman free agents, and they're, they're not – they don't stick out at you, man. You got Eduardo Escobar, who's 30 years old. Probably the top third. Probably the top guy. Yeah. You got Adrian Beltre, who's the next best one. He's 40 years old. Yeah. We just talked and about – He might retire. Yeah. You just talked about Josh Donaldson. Pablo Sandoval, I didn't even think he still played baseball. Yeah. Uh, then you got Chase Headley. No, I'll pass – Danny Valencia is 34 years old, right. and I remember he's a solid player, but hmm. You got Jose Reyes, who, come on. He might retire He also. might retire, too. And then Luis Valbuena, who, well, we all know what happened. Yeah. So let's flip that around, then. You want to put Cozart at there, so you look at second base now. Jed Lowry, top second baseman free agent, 35 years, years old. old. Yeah. Do you, are you gonna, is he going to want to sign a one-year deal, or do you want to sign him to a one-year deal? We right. tried that with an older second baseman this year. Or do you want to try maybe develop a – even though Fletcher isn't exactly what we would call an everyday player, but do you want to try to develop, develop him or develop a young, another younger kid that – Jemai Jones. Um, you know, so it, it, there's options there that necessarily don't need to be a free agency. Right, because you look at – then you. Ian Kinzer, Azurbo Cabrera could be a possible fit, 33 years old. You could maybe sign him to a one-year deal. I don't know. Daniel Descalso is another guy, 32 years old. Maybe you want to sign him to a one-two-year deal. DJ LeMay, who's 30 years old. That's a guy who maybe they might possible, but I think he might demand a little more than cheap money. And not that he'd be super expensive, but then, you know, I don't know. Brian Dozier, Daniel Murphy, Logan Forsythe, Sean Rodriguez, Andrew Romine, and then Neil Walker. So, I mean... Those are guys who, you know, are names, but do the Angels go that route? Right, and I, I think their best bet is to, and then you'll see Machado's names put up there for third base. But from everything, I don't. From everything I'm seeing is that he wants to play shortstop, and if you're going to try to sign him to play third, it's going to cost you more money. And yeah, again, I'm not necessarily all eager to sink a bunch of money into one position again. When Me either, um, you know, you you might need more. You need help. At more places than just one. If you know, if everything else was good, if they had like a shutdown bullpen and their starting rotation or their starting rotation was great, and maybe they're missing one offensive player and they want to do it that way, then great. But with the Angels right now, there are a lot of holes in the team that they need to fill up, and I, I think sinking all the money into one position is is a bad idea. And I think they can use it to get more depth and, and spread it out a little bit. I'm with you on that, man. So possibilities are endless we'll see where they go from here we have a long off season october is not even done yet uh, playoffs are just starting we've got some exciting games already so we'll see how that ends up playing out but you know our hope for the angels is that this time next year we're watching an angels play right now right so i mean i don't know if you got anything else I mean, um some couple kind of like we were saying earlier this is going to be our last week um, weekly podcast next week we will have a podcast out but it's going to be kind of a best of with the interviews of um past guests like you like we'll have one with goob we'll have it with gooby and then when we talk to uh, joe adele so um look out for that but after that we will be back in october so some dates to look to look at to look forward to i guess if you want as, as baseball players the award season when they start announcing the cy young mvp rookie of the year all that stuff november 12th through the 15th so um, keep a lookout for that. 
winter meetings are December 9th through the 13th. So um, possible trade opportunities, signing free agents, you know, a lot of that kind of stuff happens around that time. Um, but yeah, so that's it for our weekly version of this podcast. But we, we are back monthly now um, in the off season. Yeah, so stay tuned for us on there. You can email your questions, comments, or concerns at allangelspodcast at gmail.com. That's allangelspodcast at gmail.com. On our Twitter, it's halo underscore haven. Same on Instagram. Facebook is Halo Haven. Yep. Um, we got the fan page and the like page, so uh, check those out. Um, like I said, like Dan said, we're monthly now. When the offseason starts, we go monthly. Again, we'll, uh, if anything huge happens, we'll go on our Instagram live. We'll do last year, me and Chris, or me and Daniel did like split screen live video. We got a lot of feedback on there. Yeah. We were going back and forth with a lot of fans and fans of the page. So if something huge happens like the Otani did last year, we'll jump on there and, and we'll go on Instagram live or we'll let you guys know that we're jumping on. So subscribe to, uh, or, uh, to follow us on Instagram to, you know, get all the notifications and stuff. But other than that, that's, I mean, that's going to wrap it up for, uh, the Angel season. Again, uh, didn't finish the way we wanted it to. We wanted to be playing uh, meaningful baseball right now in October, but we're not. Look forward into next year. Hopefully, uh, by this time, by the next podcast that we're actually together, we'll have a better clue on where the Angels are going. Yep. So that's going to wrap it up. I am Johnny Banks. I'm Dan Garcia. And this is another edition of the All Angels Podcast. We'll catch you guys later. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.